All right. Well, it's so good to see you guys. Once again, I want to welcome those of you who are here for the very first time. Just say thank you for uh, being here at M12 tonight. So we're in a week, week two of a series called One Matters. And here's the whole idea, right, of this series, right, is that you matter to God and you matter to us. And you may not think that, you may not feel that way, but it is true because everyone matters to God. And we said that last week, we talked about one act of kindness and being kind to people and treating people the way that you want to be treated. See, that's what we ask of of you guys and that's what we bring to the table is that we just want to treat people the way that we want to be treated ourselves, right? And we want to remind you that all of you matter to God. And when we say everyone, we mean everyone. No matter who you are, no matter the things you like, the things you dislike, if you like Drake or if you like Beyonce, if you're a cat person or a dog person, right? If you are into sports or you are not, if you have watched the Olympics or if you have not, I mean, we love everybody. Everyone matters to God. You matter to God. I matter to God. And whether or not you believe that, it is True, And so what we're doing in this series is we're looking at what is, the, what is the, uh, the purpose, if you will, what is the vision of M12 at this church? And so last week, we talked about one kindness matters. And I hope that all of you jump in on the shoe drive. You'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. And tonight, I want to talk to you about this idea. One leader matters. One leader matters. Now, This is pretty fascinating because everyone has a different perspective, if you will, about leadership or about what a leader is. And some of you, a lot of us, we think that a leader has to be someone with a microphone, has to be someone on a stage, has to be like the top talent on the sports team or the most popular student or the top of the class. And we have just a different perspective, right? of leadership. Your definition of a leader all depends on your perspective. And perspective is a powerful thing. Perspective is a powerful thing. As a matter of fact, every perspective can change. It can change how we see everything. So I, I have an activity that I want you guys to do. I want you to participate in this. And it's very, very easy. I want you to take your pointer finger and just do this. All right? Stay with me. It's not going to be complicated, okay? Now what I want you to do is point your pointer finger to the ceiling like this, all right? And I want you to look at the top of your pointer finger. And This is what I want you to do. I want you to begin drawing a circle clockwise, clockwise, clockwise. Yeah, there we go, clockwise, there we go, clockwise, all right? I'm not even doing it right. Now, as you're doing that, I want you to look at your finger, Stay with me. Just look at your finger, right? Keep going down. Keep going down. Keep going down. Go all the way below your chin and look. And what direction is it going? It's supposed to be going counterclockwise. Here's the point. Listen, listen, listen. Stay with me. Stay with me. Listen. Your definition and your view of a leader or of leadership, is all about perspective. Your perspective changes everything. So I want to give you guys an idea tonight when it comes to who is a leader and who is not a leader. Here's the perspective I want to talk about. I think you are a leader. No matter who you are, 
no matter what grade you're in, how old you are, your family dynamic, whether you love school or hate school, sports or no sports, I think you are a leader. So I need some participation in this. At the count of three, I want you to say, I am a leader. One, two, three. I am a leader. Now, this is probably somewhat uncomfortable to say, right? Because the truth of it is that some of you have no problem saying, but some of you, it's, it's kind of hard to say, and it's even harder to believe. And believe it or not, this is hard for all of us to believe. I mean, there have been times where people have called that out in me, and they've said, you're a leader, and I don't think that's true. Or I don't see that to be true. Or I don't feel like that is necessarily true. And we all struggle to believe this kind of thought that, that I am a leader. Some of you, maybe you don't struggle with it as much, but you probably will in your time. And so here's the thing about it, right? Tonight, I want to look at a story of someone that struggled with this. I mean, and, and we look around the Bible and around Scripture, and they struggle with it too. Even some of the people that you would never think would struggle with something like being a leader like Moses, King David, Peter. These guys struggled with the truth that they are leaders, that they were leaders. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about a guy named Gideon. So if you have a Bible, if you don't, no problem. It's going to come on the screen. We're going to be on page number 243. 243. And let me catch you up with who Gideon is, all right? Gideon, Gideon lived in Israel. And for seven years, you got to stay with me on this or it won't make any sense. For seven years, students, that's a long time, seven years, Israel had been constantly attacked by a group of people that we call the Midianites. For seven years, they were under attack by the Midianites. I mean, guys, Think about this. You guys can't even go seven minutes without looking at Instagram, okay? And these guys, these guys, listen, 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 stay with me. These guys have been attacked and under oppression for seven years, okay? Seven years of oppression. They had trouble. They're, they're, the number one thing about Gideon's life was the word trouble. Trouble when he would leave home. When he would try to go to school or his family tried to go to school or go in town, right? Everywhere they went, there was trouble. And I want you to pick up on Judges chapter 6, which is actually 244, verse number 12. It says, now here's what Gideon was doing. He was making some bread when this happened. An angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior." The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, think about this. Gideon has been under attack for seven years. He's been in oppression by the Midianites for seven years. And an angel shows up and says, mighty warrior, right? Mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Can you imagine this moment? I mean, I want you to think about this. Seven years of attack, an angel comes and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Can you imagine what Gideon might be feeling. He is out in the cave in the woods trying to make some hot pockets. And an angel says, you're a leader, you're a mighty warrior, and God is with you. Now, think about this. 
This might have been what Gideon would have said. Um, no, thank you, got the wrong guy. I am not a leader. I am not a mighty warrior. And it surely doesn't feel like God is with us. I mean, we've been under attack, under oppression by these, this group of people called the Midianites. I don't feel like a leader. I don't look like a leader. I don't act like a leader. And then this is what Gideon does say. He says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, verse number 13. But if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened to us. Have you ever said that? I mean, something happened to your life, and, and you just say, why? I mean, why is all this happening? Why did this occur? Why is this challenge happening? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through that? Why did she do this? Why did I do that? And we ask why, too. And then the Lord says this. I love this. The Lord turned to Gideon. He said this. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I the Lord? Am I not sending you. See, in this moment, God brings up a truth that is so key. It's a truth for all of us that oftentimes we forget. And here it is. No matter what, what situation, no matter how bad things get, no matter how young you are or how old you are, everyone has influence. I want you to write that down. Everyone has influence. You have influence. I have influence. The person to your right, the person to your left, the person in front of you, the person behind you, your leader, your parents, everyone has influence. Because God said this. He said, go in the strength that you already have because you already have strength because God has already given you strength and you already have influence because God has already given you influence. Now, to Gideon, did it feel like he had strength? Did it feel like he had influence? Absolutely not, but he did. Because everyone is a leader, everyone matters to God, and everyone has influence. Now, I want to talk about, for just a second, the difference in a position of influence and a position to influence. Okay? When we think about a, a position of influence, we think about, well, if I want to be a leader, then I have to be a parent, I have to be a teacher, I have to be older, I have to be the top dog, I have to be the most popular, I have to have a microphone in my hand, I have to be that in a position of influence where people are just going to listen to me because I'm on a stage and all of these kinds of things. And I have to have a position of influence to be an influencer. And then God speaks against that. Because even though all of us may not have a position of influence, we all have a position to influence. See, it doesn't matter who you are. I want you to hear me say this. Or how old you are, or if you are an introvert or an extrovert, you have a position to influence people. There are people around you that you can influence. People in your family, people in your school, people right here at 12 Stone and M12 at church, everyone has influence. So God tells Gideon, I'm sending you in the strength that you have. And I want you to look at what Gideon says, verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least. So Gideon Somehow, like, this is what ha happens is he's correcting God. You ever try to correct God? That's what he's doing. He's saying, wait, wait, wait. 
I think you got the wrong guy because, because I'm, the weak, I'm the weakest tribe of Israel, which means we're not very strong, God. And, and, and on top of that, I'm the weakest in my family, okay? Like, like no one in my family ever thinks anything of me is going to be of any position of influence. I mean, you got, it, you got the wrong guy. I don't think I can do it. And sometimes the truth, right, is that we have all fallen into that. As a leader, we've all felt at times, I can't do it. And this is the truth. If you're taking notes, write this down. Everyone lacks confidence. Everyone has influence, but everyone lacks confidence. All of us have had a moment when we felt like, man, I just can't do it. So here's Gideon feeling like I can't do it. God, you've got the wrong guy. And this is what God says. The Lord responds, I will be with you. This is the turning point of the story. Students, if you're not listening, you better listen now. Because this is the turning point. God looks at Gideon and he says, I am with you. You might lack confidence, but I am with you. See, you might not be confident in you, but God is confident in you. You may not think that you can, but God knows that you can. See, Gideon did not lead because he was the best warrior. He didn't lead because he had the best strategy. Gideon led because God was with him. Let's look at it in a different way. You're not a leader because you can. You're a leader because God can. Think about that. You're not a leader because you can. You're a leader because God can. You're a leader because God, the king of the universe, the most powerful, powerful person, says that you can. And he says that he is with you. And he says that he will give you the strength. And he says that he will be with you. And he says that he will walk with you every single time. No matter how difficult the task. I remember when I was in high school, uh, this place that we always used to go was this place called Little River Canyon. Little River Canyon was so much fun. The only reason you would go was to jump off the cliffs into the water, into the river. Well, the highest cliff was about 80 feet tall. All right, so here's the deal. I love roller coasters. I love, you know, all that good stuff. I am not like a scared of the heights type of person. But I'm telling you guys, man, when I got up to that cliff and I looked over into the water, it messed with me. I mean, I was like, wait a second, man. I, nah, I ain't, I ain't doing that. You know, I mean, I was freaked out. And, and listen, like maybe you guys have been with me on this. I was up there for about two hours, okay? And, and every minute what I would do is I'd go over to the cliff and I'd just look over and see, has it gotten any closer yet? You know what I'm saying? Has the water risen up a little bit so that maybe I can just kind of dive on in, right? And the water never rose. And then here's, this is what happened. And I'm not picking on you ladies. I'm not picking on you, but I got to be honest because in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I can't do this. Like, I cannot jump down. And here's the only way down is a hike that's about an hour. So I could hike down an hour, or I could jump down and in five seconds be in the water, right, and, and to where the cars are. Well, what happened is this girl 
uh, comes up on the, on the cliff. Her name was Heather. And, 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 uh, and Heather um, j- uh, got in front of me, and she jumped off. <laughs> she was not up there for an hour. She was not checking to see if the water had risen, right? And then I, saw them, I, I, I started thinking to myself, okay, I can't do this, but she just did it. And so if she just did it, I got to do it, right? And so it took me a long, long time, right? And this is a lame illustration. But I jumped off the cliff. Everything was fine. I didn't die. No broken bones, right? And it was great and it was good. But there was a time when I thought to myself, there is no way that I can do this. There is no way. And yes, the motivation was a girl to do it before me. But hey, whatever it takes, right, guys, to overcome your fears. But listen, listen, listen. Gideon thought he couldn't do it. Gideon looked at the outside. He looked at what he knew, which was, I'm the weakest and I'm the youngest, and nobody really cares about me and my family. And dude, you're telling me I'm a warrior? What is wrong with you? Who are you? What in the world, right? He is like, you got the wrong guy. And then God shows up and says, but I'm with you. And see, here's the deal, Gideon. When I'm with you, everything else changes. See, you may not think that you can go into your school and and stand up to something like bullying. You can't lead that because of you, but you can lead that because of God. God gives you the strength to stand up for people that you need to stand up for. God will give you the strength to treat people the way that you need to be treated and the way that you want to be treated. You may not think that you can make a difference in your family. You may think, man, my family is so dysfunctional. There is so much going on in my family. There's no way that, that I could do anything to make any positive impact on this family. Well, no, you can't. But God can. And God can use you to do that. You may not think you can make a difference here at M12. And you can't. But God can. See, it's all about perspective. You probably, you may not feel like a leader, but God says you are. And then this is what happens one verse over. Chapter 7, verse 9, the Bible says, Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp. Because I'm going to give it into your hands. So he says, Gideon, now's the time. Get up and go take over. And so here's the the last no. Everyone has to step up. Gideon had to make a decision to step up. Everyone has to step up. It's not enough just to believe that you're a leader or believe that you can be kind to people. Being a leader requires we act And for Gideon, he had to step up. And the same is true for you. Leaders step up. Leaders make a difference. Even when no one else is, you can step up. Because being a leader means that you step up. Check out this next passage. The results of what happened, Judges 8. Midian was subdued before the Israelites... And did not raise its head again. 
During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace for 40 years. The land had peace for 40 years. Think about this, students. Gideon went from hiding in a cave, seven years of oppression, making hot pockets, to defeating his enemy, putting an end to the Midianites. And I would love for you to take time and read the story. It's Judges 6 through 8. We don't have time to read the whole thing, but it's a very fascinating story what happens. And here's the perspective change I want to encourage you to have. You are the one God wants to use. That's the bottom line of tonight. If you haven't heard anything else, I want you to write that down. You are the one that God wants to use. You are a leader. You might not be in a position of influence, but you are in a position to influence. You might not think you can, but I know God can. You are the one God wants to use. Not the person to your right. This is personal for you. You are the one that God wants to use. And so when it comes to stepping up, that we would step up in the world that we live in, there's three ways we can step up. One, step up at home. Two, step up at school. And three, step up at church. Let's talk about them. One, step up at home. Step up at home. Serve your family. Okay, now I know this one is tough. This one's probably the one you don't even want me to talk about. You'd rather leave your family around, out of this one. But here's the question. What if you were the one that God wanted to use to change your family? What if you were the one? What if, what if you were the one that God actually wanted to use in your family to bring change to your family? What if the whole reason that maybe the things that you've gone through and the things you've been through and the dysfunction you've seen in your family... What if the whole reason for that is because God wants to use you to bring some change? How does it look to serve your family? Maybe it's something as small as taking out the trash without being asked, washing the dishes without mom begging you, giving your younger sibling the uh, front seat, even though that is just like the law not to do that. But what would it look like, students? Don't, don't lose it. Step up and serve your family. Check this out. Step up and step up at your school. Step up at your school. Here's what it means. Maybe you are the one that God wants to use to put an end or to stop bullying. And you say to yourself, oh, man, well, this is something that I can't do by myself. That's exactly right. But the people that are in this room that also go to your school, if you guys joined in together and thought to yourself, man, maybe we're the ones God wants to use this year to bring kindness to our school, to put an end to things like bullying. Maybe, maybe God wants to use me. Maybe you're the one God wants to use to put an end to something like bullying. You know, I've, I've heard that this is going on around here too. That there are people in this room that are picking on each other. You know where this happens a lot? And this is really cowardly. So I'm just going to call you guys out. It happens all the time over social media. And it's so easy to hide behind a screen, isn't it? 
Can I just encourage you to, to stop doing that? And instead of hiding behind a screen and cyberbullying people and all that kind of stuff, can I just encourage you to just treat people the way you want to be treated and be kind? Maybe you're the one that God wants to use to change your school, to put an end to bullying. Maybe the bravest thing you could do is defend another person. Maybe that's supposed to be you. Maybe God wants to use you. Think about Claim Your Campus. Maybe God wants to use you to start a prayer group at your school to pray for your school. Man, that would be cool. Maybe God wants to use you to do that, to start praying for your school, to get a group of your friends to start praying for your school. Maybe you're the one that's supposed to start that. Here's the challenge. If you, if you hear that, you would say, man, I, I want to do that. I want to start a prayer group in my school. I want you to write your name down on your tear-off card, and I want you to write CYC. And I want you to turn it in the box on your way out because we want to come alongside you and help you. If you feel like God wants you to start a prayer group at your school, that's what I want you to do. And the last thing is step up at church. Here's the one idea I want to give you, and then we'll pray. Invite someone. When it comes to M12, if we allow what happens at M12 to stay here, there's a lot of people that need to hear what you're hearing. And so the idea is that you would step up at church and invite your friends. This is huge, students, because there are friends and people in your life that don't know Christ. And they need to know Jesus. And maybe the only way that they will know Jesus, Noah, is if you invite them. Maybe that's the only way that they would know, is if you would invite them to church. You know the number one reason that people don't come to church? Because they weren't invited. Tonight, all of you are going to get one of these cards. And it's a card that is not just something for you to put in your pocket and let it wash in the washing machine. It's something that serves as a tool to invite another person to come with you to the back-to-school bash. We're going to have so much fun not next Wednesday. We are going to have fun next Wednesday, but in two weeks, we're having the back-to-school bash. We've got Kona Ice. We've got all kinds of stuff happening. We've got a DJ coming. We've got a hip-hop guy coming. It is going to be awesome. And listen, listen, listen. Listen up. One of the coolest parts about this is that we are encouraging you guys. We're doing something new called a Bright Out. We're encouraging you guys to wear neon and go all out. It's going to be a lot of fun. But listen, listen, listen. I don't want to see, I don't want to see just, just you guys. I want to see you guys, but I want to see all your friends. This is the one time a year where we meet in the main room over there, and we worship together, and we watch God do some amazing things. And what if, what if you were the person that God wanted to use to connect a friend who doesn't know Jesus to Jesus. What if that's the case? See, Gideon was the man that God wanted to use to defeat the Midianites. He didn't think he was, but God was with him, and then he did. You may not think you can make a difference. You, can, you may not think that you're a leader. You may not think that you have influence but you do. And the reason why you do is because God is with you. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song over 
to, to end our time tonight. And this is what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to treat these next few moments as a sacred moment. This, this means that some of you have been talking all the way through this, this talk. And, and I want to ask that you would stop doing that. I want to ask that you would pay attention, especially if you're right here in the front and I can hear you. So what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to meet with God, to connect with God. Maybe there is something that has pulled on your heart tonight about things like being a leader, having influence, stepping up in your home, stepping up in your school, stepping up at at church. And I want to encourage you guys to think about what is God telling you to do? Is God telling you that maybe you need to be one to, to start a prayer group at your school? Is God the one telling you that maybe you need to extend kindness in a different way at home? I mean, what what does this mean? What does this look like? So this is what we want to invite you to do. If you want to stand and sing, you can stand and sing. If you want to pray around, pray with the people around you, maybe you want to find your leader in the room and you want to pray with somebody or have someone pray for you, we invite you to do whatever you need to do to connect with God, not with each other, over the next few moments as we sing. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word, for the truth in your word as we worship you through song and as we respond to the truth of your word. God, I pray that you uh, would remind us that we do have courage because you've given it to us. In Jesus' name.